We've been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much, so many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. You have no idea how important you are. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Ave Maricela Steve with Sense of Fidelity. I'm coming at you on the 30th of April, 2020. Social distancing with Jason Craig <laughs> with Fraternus. He's uh, actually an old friend of mine and uh, a couple of, about two hours west of me. Uh, if I'm on the Eastern Front, he's a little bit behind. He's the, the backup. Jason, <laughs> how you doing, bud? Oh, I'm glad to be your backup, Steve. I'm doing well. <laughs> Jason was one of the first guys that my brother and I met that when we, uh, uh, we went to Prince of Peace. And he comes up and calls us weird trash because we were inviting people out for pizza and beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think what is that? That's what the Joseph Pierce called. Those are the glad trads. You want to hang out with the ones that laugh. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> yeah, the laughing we, I trad. Think we asked you to come out for a beer and pizza after mass or something. You're like, what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Didn't you leave and make me pay the bill or something? Or, yeah, we no. got hooked with the bill because you guys ran out. <laughs> <laughs> we had to change a diaper, man. That was important. <laughs> so, folks, yes. if anybody say you got to change a the diaper, they're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's like uh, going to I buy. Kid, a... I so, uh, you're doing Hold my kid. Work. I got to go buy a pack of cigarettes. Here. <laughs> so I'm just joking. Is that Elvis? <laughs> <laughs> So Fraternus, you've been doing this for how long now? What is it? Uh, yeah, it's over 10 years now been working with Fraternus. So what What about it? What is it? Is it a, just a uh, publishing company? Uh, it's a strange, it's a strange new age cult. Uh, we give out, we give out diamonds that gather energy together and, and make it so you get rich. I could use some diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, gems. No, no. What are the crystals? Crystals. Crystals. <laughs> Uh, no, it, um, Returnus is a little bit hard to explain. It's it's really simple. It's just men mentoring boys. But the reason it's hard to explain is in you know in the church, you either have like this hyperactive uh, division and multiplication, endless multiplication of ministries. Right? Mm -hmm. There's youth ministry, young adult ministry, married young adult ministry, men's ministry, women's ministry, three, men that might want to become women ministry. <laughs> so. Um, Obviously, you know, there's there's certain things we need to acknowledge uh, and we understand why, you know, whatever your opinion is of the way modern youth ministry has taken shape. You know, overwhelmingly, people have looked at the problem and go, all right, we're losing a lot of youth. So we need to get them together and do something about it, um, which makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> you know, we need to do something about it. But I think a lot of times we get rolling with our strategies and our ideas and what we do. And we don't stop to think, is this really in line with 
you know, not just something vague like church teaching, but is this, is this really human? I mean, what exactly are we doing? Why are we doing it? What's the true human need embedded in us by God that we're trying to fulfill? And are we doing, is it kind of, what's going on? So for Turnus, um, you know, the main apostolate that people would think that we're for is for young men, because if there's any group of people that the church is just hemorrhaging, um, it's, it's young men. I mean, the, you know, whatever your opinion of the man crisis, the vocation crisis, all, it really starts in that we, we lose our young men at such a young age. Um, so that's, that's the target. And if we're thinking about this in a human level, we, who is it that forms boys into men, right? It's, it's men. I was going to say so, MTV. <laughs> <laughs> MTV, you're so old. Um, so, <laughs> see, that's so 90s. Come on. Um, I actually don't even know if MTV is still, um, but, um, so, all right, we're losing young men. So the strategy that we often use is, all right, let's hire a young guy who, like, you know, gets them and he'll be able to reach them because we can't, right? We can't reach them. So then we get this mantra of we've got to reach the youth today. Um, all right, that, that's a good thing. But the way it often takes shape is a division from the family. It, it doesn't have an integration with the family. And it is men that form boys into men. That's that's who does it. That's how it happens. And we all nod at that. It's like, that's an easy thing to say. Um, so, you know, you might be sitting down with a pastor or whatever and you, you know, and, and it's like, well, boys, any man, you know, who's serious about his faith, he can point to other men, priests, laymen, brothers, whatever, and say, without those guys, I wouldn't be where I am today. I mean, that's just, that's all the way back from Paul and Timothy, Christ and his apostles is just that, that, we need mentorship. We need guidance, you know? Um, but, but what, what is people would nod? Yeah, I get it. I get it. And you just simply say, all right, when does the average Catholic boy get that? Yeah. You know, they're, they're shuttling off to all kinds of things. Um, sports, all, you know, all the normal litany of busyness. Mm -hmm. And then, then we smack a youth group uh, on Sunday night when the family should be home together and then at the youth group, we have a bunch of young adults running a co-ed environment of games and skits and talks, which might be great, okay? I'm not opposed to games. I kind of like a skit. I don't mind a good teaching or talk or whatever. Um, heck, you might want to sing some songs. Go ahead, sing your songs. I, I Just don't do it in mass, but sing your songs. Um, but that's not formation into, into, into manhood. That's not what that is. You, you don't form men into... into you don't form boys into men by putting them in a co-ed environment, you know, and they need to be with men. So fraternus is basically um, just providing the framework for, uh, for boys to be able to be mentored by men. So the way that we kind of switch the paradigm is, well, first of all, fraternus does not start as a, it's not a boys youth group. It starts first with, Hey, if you've got a problem with your boys, you got a problem with your men, mm -hmm. right? If you're, if your boys are leaving the faith in great numbers, it's because your men are, are failing. So the first thing we've got to do is who are the men of the parish? You know, do they know each other? Do they have Christian fraternity amongst themselves? Because um, if they don't have a culture of fraternity with themselves, then they can't, they, they can't bring boys into it because the, the paradigm shift that we try to do is instead of saying, how do we reach boys today? How are we going to reach? That's not the problem. You know where they go to school. You know where they go to church. You know where they live. 
if you can't reach them, you can't reach anybody, right? And this, that's, a, that's a silly question. How do we reach youth? They're right there. I mean, I can, I'm reaching him. There he is, right? That's not the problem. If they're not growing into men, the problem is they're not reaching us as men, meaning they're not joining us. Why? Because there's no us. Right. So what do they do? I mean, look, think about what boys do where they go to find meaning. They don't go, you know, everyone says, oh, I got to go find out who I am. And I, nobody, nobody does that. They find a group to belong to. Mm-hmm. They find a community to belong to. Everyone does that. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a sports team, whether it's the gay pride club at their college, Gangs. whether it's whatever it is, the question that comes up in adolescence of who am I, who am I going to be, is the the Another form of that question is where do I belong, uh-huh. right? And where I belong is where I get my, and you know, we all, we like to think we're self-made people, but we're not. We're, we're, we live and breathe in, as relational beings. That's how God made us. So where I belong is where I learn who I am. So the reason boys have to go find somewhere else is because the church is communicating to them that the church is for women and children. And if you want to become a man, you got to go look somewhere else. And a a youth group, by definition, is not going to form boys into men. I am not saying all youth groups are bad. I mean, I just watch the tomatoes, okay? We'll edit that that part out, put it as a commercial. Jason Craig says all (laughs) youth groups are bad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, people, a lot of times people, whatever their form of their conversion was, whatever that that toehold that God's grace was able to work through, they tend to think, Therefore, that is the best infallible thing ever. And a lot of people had a conversion in a youth group because it was the only thing. A a lot of youth groups operate at lame duck parishes, and it's the only decent teaching going on. And you typically have a lot of young adults that are zealous for the faith and they're serious. I know we can poke a lot of holes in it pretty easily. Trust me. Um, It's sometimes it's goofy and silly and immature and all that. But generally, it's good intentions. That doesn't mean it's good. Right. All around. So fraternities is, I mean, it's structurally speaking it's it's meetings with curriculums and and things are going through but the ultimate context is first you got to have a group of men that understands that them as men their job is to pass on the faith to the next generation which means bringing them into their fraternity um i hate to sound self-promoting here but i wrote a book about that about what a rite of passage how boys enter manhood and the fact is you've got to all societies throughout time, forever, even the church, they reach over and they pull boys out of the world of women and children and they put them in the world of men. Because even the most liberal, politically correct newscast in the world still says, you know, for example, a bomb went off in the Middle East and it killed X number of women and children, uh-huh. right? Because women and children are in a different category from men. Uh-huh. Men are, they're essentially, you know, only priests can be men. I'm sorry. You know, we all, only men can be priests because only priests can be men. Men, men are sacrificial. We are pawns, mm-hmm. right? We can die. We should die first because we're priestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's also our job to pull boys out of the world of women and children so that they can join us, learn the skills, the art, the mannerisms, the culture of men. And we're talking in fraternity in the context of being Catholic. Because uh, if we leave them with women and children, they become childish or effeminate, right? They're not going to learn how to be men from women and children. But overwhelmingly in the church, 
Um, just like in society, we have submitted the boys over to the women and children. I mean, and let, let's just, okay, we could easily go, public, you know, a, how many of public school teachers are women? Overwhelmingly, right? But so Catholic schools too. Hey, but hey, let's hit those trads where it hurts. Um, the, the homeschool movement is an overwhelming matriarchy. Yeah. Now, moms are doing something they've never historically done. Quick disclaimer, we are a homeschooling family. We do this. Mothers have never been the primary educators alone, meaning curriculum, teaching, administration, all that of the children. We're doing it now because we're in a historically weird situation. We don't, we don't really have other people we can trust mm -hmm. to do that. So, and the home is a natural place of education, even if mothers aren't naturally that sort of academic teacher. But they're doing that, and they we, we do that. It's great. They need to do that. It's good. But what I've seen over and over is uh, the boys in the homeschool world, because it's an overwhelming matriarchy, we don't realize how much we're creating passive, inexperienced wimps um, because they're still in the world of women and children. I get these homeschool catalogs and the, 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 the editorials up front, everything is written to moms. It's like, I don't even exist as a father. It's like, moms, you know how when you're trying to enjoy your coffee and your kid doesn't get calculus, we're gonna here to help them. Like, Hello, you know? Um, <laughs> So anyway, I mean, I, overwhelmingly, we have, as Anthony Eslin says, you know, we've, we're in the first time in history, the last hundred years or so, is this experiment of having boys under the, the care of their, of women through the period when most boys would have been joining the men in some sort of work or education or boarding school or something. We've never historically had a moment where boys lived most of their day, every day, tied to the apron strings, right? Under, and uh, we, I mean, you've never heard the phrase mama's man, right? Yeah, if you yeah. belong to mama, you're a mama's boy. Yes. Right, and there, there needs to be a certain separation. So anyway, sorry, I'm rambling. No, no, but, no, I remember Harrison Buckner, the uh, Super Bowl champ, Kansas City Chiefs kicker. He was a fan of the channel, by the way. He was mentioning huh. that in uh, the EWTN uh, thing that they did with him, that he was going to, he looked at Muslim Islam during high school or college because it was more manly. Yeah. 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 I mean, you look at the thing is um, the loss of men to religion is not a religious, like universally religious problem. It's a Western Christian problem. Um, lots of forms of Islam, um, Hindus, Eastern religions, the men, the men are, you know, overwhelmingly, you know, are, are the religious, you know, it's, it's like, they're the ones in the inner court praying. It's our job because we're priests. Uh -huh. Right. And we've got this experiment now. I mean, if you know, 80% and I don't know, I mean, obviously it's going to be different in parishes that are exclusively or, or the extraordinary form or something, but even there in general, the, the that 80% of people that work in and around the church in catechesis are women. Mm -hmm. So I'm not opposed to women. I married one. I love women, right? <laughs> I love one woman more than all other women. My wife, right? It's not, it's not that women are bad. It's that women can't give what they don't have and they don't have masculinity. Thank God, right? We got enough of that. Yes. Um, and we need, we need mom, right? So like in my book, there's two chapters on why mom is super important. Um, to the formation, because you know, if we want gentlemen, we want we want good Catholic gentlemen. 
Um, and that was not a plug for Sam Guzman. I do like Sam. I'm just joking. But if we if we want ge- Catholic gentlemen or gentlemen Catholics, <laughs> then Is they need the mark? gentleness. <laughs> it is now. We need the gentleness of mom and the manliness of dad, right? That's how you get gentle. And right now we're just getting a lot of overly gentle non-men, right? So do you have your book uh, with you? That uh, was the title of it. It's called Leaving Boyhood Behind. Yes. Can I get up? Is that allowed in an interview? Go ahead. Yeah. We're very unorthodox when it comes to stuff like this. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a good vocabulary word to use on a Catholic channel. Uh, non-conventional. Poor choice of words. Leaving boyhood behind. It's uh, our Sunday visitor. Okay. And there's actually, we did a, um, um, I, I was doing a talk and EW10 said, hey, you want to come and do a show on that? And I said, no. Um, and they said, well, how about we come to your farm and we'll do a show there? I'm like, that might be more agreeable because we, I didn't, I don't know if you mentioned this, but we have a dairy. So those cows have to be milked every day. I can't really leave easily. So they came here and we did a show and, and it's published as a program online that you can go through. And it's, um, so it's leavingboyhoodbehind.com. But that's a book and like a, you know, basically a video walkthrough of, uh, of the content. But the book, cool. basically, we look at the wisdom of rites of passage, mm-hmm. right? And that's easily... Please don't misunderstand me. That could be some cliche, stupid stuff. Like, man, I'm just going to go take my son and we're going to kill a lion and he's going to poof, he's a man, right? It's just the, the because it, it gets sensationalized, but the phrase is actually an anthropological phrase. I mean, it's a study of man. Mm-hmm. And we know that the, the, the church has no fear of science, right? So, and, but she has a particular interest in anthropology because if it's something true and, and a true need of, of man, then it's something that God has put in us, right? Because mm-hmm. we created his image. So taking a serious look at a rite of passage. Um, so right in front of the book, you know, I give a car- quote Cardinal Seurat in his warning about people trying to imitate a rite of passage. Because you can, because we don't, because we don't have a culture that has rites of passage, we don't, we should just admit it, um, that we tend to do stupid, sensational, machismo nonsense. And uh, it, we really need to take a sober look at what what it actually is and how it actually happens. So that's what that's what it's about. So anyway, I want to make sure people don't think it's a it's not a new idea. It's no novel. You know, three easy steps to yeah, three easy steps to make your whippy homeschooler a man. It's just not that easy. Um, it's uh, but it is a, a serious look at what what's in it. What what does it mean that he's created as male and female? And what does it mean that he's created as boy and man? Because there's a different, there's a reason we have two different words or two different things. And how do we make sure our boys become men? That's what it is. Before the age of 45. <laughs> well, it doesn't happen by then. I'll oh, put gosh. everything underneath for the show notes so people can click on. But I remember you, we were talking about this years ago with the, uh, uh, the Obamacare thing came in. And Jason had a great line about uh, Don John of Austria. So at the age of 25, he was fighting the Turks, leading the the, the, the Navy. And now at 25, yeah. you're on your parents' insurance. Yeah, this, the, the story, I'll never forget the moment. And this is, you know, it's like those little things that you, you're trying to, because I'm, I'm, I mean, in, in what I do, I'm, I'm trying to de- define, you know, a lot of people know there's a man problem, a man crisis, right? 
I'm defining it as a maturity crisis, that these guys actually aren't men, and that's the problem. And the reason they are men is they never became one. And the reason they never became one is because we don't have a mass a culture that respects, harnesses, you know, allows for the truth of masculinity, which is why we have these extremes of, you know, as that one essay put it, wimps and barbarians. You know, you're either a total passive wimp or you're a brute. Um, but anyway, the story, yeah, Obama in his first his first campaign was speaking to like thousands of college students. He's like, under my plan, you're going to be able to stay on your parents' insurance till you're 25. And they're all like, yeah. And they go nuts. I'm like, does, does anyone want to grow up? I mean, does... You, you you just keep mooching on your parents. Never leave home, you know? I saw an yes. article called the Peter Pan Syndrome. The what? The Peter Pan Syndrome. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Grow up. And the the thing is, though, and we fathers, we've got a lot of fault in this because we now equate a, becoming an adult with sinning, right? Mm-hmm. Adult beverage, adult movie, adult language. And then... As men, we communicate that, you know what it is to be a man is just to be worried and pay bills and work. And so we make masculinity unattractive. <clears throat> and then we tell them, and we as a society also communicate, well, to grow up is to be able to be free to sin, right? Mm-hmm. I can have adult beverages and watch an adult movie. And that. so that's why we have boys now that they're like, why? They, they just indulge in their flesh and, and get in vice and sin because why would I want to grow up and get a job and be worried all the time and be a jerk like my dad when I can just sit at home and watch porn all day and, and adult movie? I'm an adult, man. I'm drinking an adult beverage. I'm watching adult movies. You know, what do you want? What do you want me to do? Get married so I can get a divorce like you did? And, and you know, marriage looks unattractive. Having children looks unattractive. Having a job looks unattractive. But, you know. These are all actually paths to salvation yeah, and yeah. maturity and actually fulfillment, right? He he would seek to preserve his life and lose it, right? But we don't, you know, we don't communicate that. You were also a big uh, opponent of kids teaching the parents. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, kids should not teach. I mean, uh, yes, I have things to learn from my children. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I also, you might be referring to, I, I really don't like um, peer ministry that they call it. Um, and I don't like the strategy that we use, which is, all right, it's, it's basically using the kids to reach the family. Right. You know, so we know, for example, and I'm a good, solid priest that will do this. We know, for example, that a lot of people leave after confirmation. Uh-huh. Um, so we push confirmation back and make them come to class after class after class. And the hopes is that maybe the parents will stay engaged, the whole family will stay engaged, the kid will stay engaged. But that's just dangling a carrot of failure, you know, and just keeping them going. I mean, we're not recognizing the problem. If you, if tomorrow at a parish that said, you know what, we're losing most of our youth after confirmation, you know what would uh, work immediately? I mean, within a year, total reform is if the priest got up before mass, after mass. And he said, I have relieved our entire catechetical structure of our parish. Not because they're bad people. They were good people. They were trying really hard. In fact, it's not their fault. It's your fault. You parents, I'm sick of it. 
you're the primary educators of your faith. But let's be honest with ourselves. You don't take that seriously, and neither do I. Because if I did, I'd be making sure you were prepared to teach. So I've let everyone go. <clears throat> if you want to impress grandma and have your kid confirmed in First Communion and all that, I have curriculums in the back. You will all be administered. And because I can't meet with all of you, I will. I've cleared my calendar. I've quit the, the nonsense committees I'm on. Um, and I will be meeting twice a week. I have two windows open. I'll be meeting with every father in the parish so that he can explain to me the piety of his home and how he catechizes his children. And in six months, we'll have an assessment of both the father and the child and see if they're prepared for confirmation. And if they're not, better luck next year. If you put that weight on the fathers, what would happen? Either they'll go ahead and leave the church. I was, right? I was going with option A on that one. Yeah. <laughs> We're out of here. We're going down I, to our... <laughs> Well, I think a lot of them, though, if you said, if you gave them a rousing too, yeah, yeah. your children's salvation should be your number one goal. What in hell are you thinking about that where you're not even thinking about this? Are you going to heaven or hell? And what about your children? Eventually, they'll be under your roof and you won't have a lot of control. But right now, they're under your care and you are the primary educator. What are you teaching them? So give them this rap and then say, and it's your job now. Mm -hmm. It's your job. And then you can have youth groups with pizza parties and it's no big deal because the youth group doesn't have on its shoulder the, uh, the entire burden of forming the entire human person. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've, you've got youth, youth groups that have taken on their, their mission statement Sounds like priestly formation. Well, we see to the human, intellectual, moral, and spiritual. Blah 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 blah. blah. I'm like, really? You're doing it every. You're doing everything in two hours a night on Sunday when I should be at home eating dinner. Hey, you're, if that happened, you'd you'd have a more manly parish because all the effeminate ones would run out. Yeah, yeah, you would. In the I, mean, I think all the people that played. I mean, I talked about this with a friend of mine the other day. Say, so, uh, I like those kind of you know priest sermons or. Yell at me in the confessional if you want to. I'm not going to go crying yeah. outside. I, yeah. my, you know, my brother, We all our, my dad was a Marine. Our coaches were, they didn't kiss your, you know, your backside. I mean, I wanted to play for Bob Knight for, guy, for crying out loud. No, <laughs> you, you can't take a kid to a, a coach anymore without the coach worrying that he might get, you know, sued because he said something mean. Um, yeah. So I mean, that we, we know, I mean, this is, this is kind of old news, but I don't know why it doesn't get through our head that, the harder it is, the more men are drawn to it. Yeah. Right? Because we're we're made for sacrifice, for greatness. And whenever you make the faith easy and it, it just doesn't work. Uh -huh. I mean, it, it never had and it you look at the priests that are popular with men. Super challenging. I mean, that's they're challenging. Uh -huh. And it's not for its own sake. Right? It's not because like being gruff is cool. I mean, that's it's because the truth sets us free, right? I mean, that we're it's not that we like it because we're kind of machismo and we want our priest to be machismo like us. It's that, no, I need a kick in the ass. That's yeah. what I need. Yeah. And, and, and because once you come out of boyhood, the constant temptation is to go back to it, uh -huh. right? Where everyone takes care of your needs and wipes your butt and makes your food and does your laundry for you. It's soft. It's soft. You want to go back to it, which is why we men, what we do, and this is, it's natural and native to so many cultures and us as people, we challenge each other. We, 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 you know, it's like, we kind of grade on each other and we run a little bit faster than the next guy. You know, you can look at it as barbaric or whatever. It's not, it's, this is how we stop 
And it's not just becoming soft. It's that we're falling back into failing to be the priests, right? Failing to offer ourselves a sacrifice in love. Because love is not love is not soft. Yeah, we don't want the. I mean, you know, everyone loves the St. Paul, 1 Corinthians 13. It's read at every wedding. Love is this. Love is that. Love is that. You know, at the end of that, a lot of people don't read the rest. He connects it, I mean, immediately with being a man. He said, when I was a boy, I did the stuff boys did. But when I became a man, I put those things away. Yeah. Right. So to love is to be a man. And we need challenge to be able to, to love. So I think if you if you were to challenge all those fathers, I think I think overwhelmingly. In fact, I'm going to push back on you a little bit. A lot. I think a lot of times we think that these men in the pews, they're soft and wimpy and all that. I think the reality is nothing is being asked of them. So we'll say I mean, literally, in one side of our mouth, we'll say uh, parents are the primary educators of the faith. The father is the head of the family. And in the very next breath, and catechism, catechism will be on Wednesday night, taught by Susan of the parish council, right? If or Karen. A, father is, <laughs> if a father is truly the primary educator, right? I'm not saying they shouldn't go to catechism class with father or sister or moms or whatever. But that's a, that's a supplement. Uh-huh. The overwhelming education, the, the the moral and spiritual weight of your your children's formation is on the is on the shoulders of the father. Yes, of course he shares it with the mother in, in the ways that are proper to them in their different roles. Um, but how many men are just not asked? They're just, and I and I think it's us keeping the responsibility from them. Uh-huh. Right? It's not that they don't want to do it. Where's and this goes back to why fraternities exist. A lot of people would nod this whole conversation. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes, I agree. Good point there. Man, that was a zinger. You know, but our actual lived experience in both spectrums, from average parish, lame duck USA, to the to the tratty world of matriarchy homeschooling, we really don't take the father seriously. Mm-hmm. So I think if we took him seriously and stopped at the same time, we tell him this is your responsibility, and then we take it away from him. We can't do it, you know. That's it's it's it's, it's a contradiction. Yeah, I remember remember being in a parish just north of Columbia, and the priest was doing something like that, saying, talking about we need to, we need to, because the priest was bringing me in to wanted me to be the full time youth minister, and I ended up telling him to take your thirty thousand dollars and build a better parish. <laughs> it was terrible. Get yourself a better liturgy and fire the guitar guy and good grief yeah call me later and the, but the guy sitting in front of me is he's he's got his arms around his wife there he's got his legs crossed shorts golf shirt and he's just nodding yep 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 you need to get in that youth group i can hear her behind yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you just said i mean i remember it hit me so here's the confession of a former youth minister right i was in youth ministry i as a protestant I was involved with Young Life, which not to get into the whole history of youth ministry, but essentially Young Life invented youth ministry as we know it today. Um, it was invent- when you think of like young adults and Frisbees and guitars and skits and good talks and, um, you know, all the good. Young Life actually began only doing that to the unchurched. Right. So this was a means to reach those outside of the church. Um and we're talking, okay, outside of the ecclesial community of the Protestants. Um, so that later got imported and used in the church 
in Protestant, we started doing the same things um, to the church. And then the Catholic church went, whoa, gosh, look at what the Protestants are doing. Let's, let's do what they're doing. So then they started doing, and of course the bishops caught up with their documents, the USCCB um, renewing the vision or whatever. Um, and now we are happy to say, go do that. And we've just not, um, but it, I'm sorry, back to when I was, then I became a Catholic and I got involved with Catholic youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And it just, man, it was eye-opening. I only did it for about two years and it seemed natural because I was in Protestant youth ministry, but I got in there and the things I learned really quick is one, the Catholic schools are, I mean, it, I was supposed to work closely with these two Catholic schools, elementary school and a high school. And it was like, man, you guys are, you, you guys are literally inoculating these kids against the faith. You're giving them enough Catholicism to think they know something, and then you're undermining it at every turn. But the other thing I saw is like, you know, the committee that hired me, everyone in the room was, they were, they were not everyone in case they're watching your video, a lot of people in the room had kids that were in trouble, that were leaving the faith. And they thought, well, let's hire a guy to fix, to save our kids, which is a huge burden to put on a 22 year old, save my kids. Yes. Cause I can't. Yeah. Right. Um, so a lot of people that want it is because their kids are leaving and they want someone else to fix the problem for them. And then, which I, you know, all these things are understandable. It's easy to condemn people. It's like, Hey, you, you know, if you're not, if you're not there, shut up with your internet comments, you know? Um, but then I started realizing the kids that are serious, oh, all of them, their fathers are serious. Mm-hmm. That is the defining characteristic. So I, I, I called it the re- the revelation of the of the curtsy genuflect, because you would see, you got the kid between mom and dad. Mom comes in genuflex, right? Dad comes in, looks at the altar, maybe a little nod, goes in, and the kid is somewhere in between, yeah. right? So he curtsies. He doesn't know if he's with mom or dad, but I can promise you, if he's a boy, he's going to be with what dad does. Yeah. And if dad doesn't take his faith seriously, he's out the door. Mm-hmm. So people say, "Oh, men aren't leading today." Yeah, they are. They're leading like they always have. They're leading out the door. Right. The boys are going to follow where the men go. If the men, if their mind and heart is not converted to Christ, they're going to go where the men go, which wherever, wherever they are, sports, I don't know. And they're going to find a community, mm-hmm. whether it's machismo. I'm a, you know, I think I'm an internet Viking with tattoos and, and I lift weights or I'm part of the gay pride club in my college. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find a community of men that I think are doing what men should do. And uh, so anyway, yeah. So you guys got so that. Uh, the, you guys got a magazine and a book to go with it when you join or? Yeah. So, well, yeah. So here's the book. I mean, essentially for, you know, if we're going to be men, we're going to be veer, right? Latin veer is to be a man is to be virtuous. To be virtuous is to be a man. So we have a, we have a book that is essentially going through. It's just a collection of quotes, catechism, scripture passages, saint quotes about these virtues. And we look at, um, Let's see. So here's justice. That's the baptism. Um, So the lesson might be justice ensures we do no man harm. Words can cause immense harm. Therefore, the just man does not do damage with his words. Um, Justice is a virtue that accepts what is right and wrong. Right and wrong are not decided on whims or emotions. Therefore, the just man accepts what is right. So it's just little things. The just man is religious. One big thing we try to teach is that Religion is a virtue of justice, right? 
Um, so then there's faith, but we just go through the three theological virtues, the four cardinal virtues. And then you essentially every week are given a challenge that the men, by the way, it's not the men of their soapboxing. They're saying, this is what we do as men. We as Catholic men, we, you know, we do things like prepare for mass, receive communion worthily, pray the rosary, examine our conscience, go to confession. So it's Catholicism. We haven't invented anything. It just provides the framework for, uh, for that happening. I remember back out and when I was in Denver, uh, Father Nolan had a great one of wanting to get all the men to learn how to serve the mass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Then they all share that experience together and it's unique only to the men. Mm -hmm. Right. Hold on a second, Steve. Speaking of boys, are y'all in trouble? No. Why are you in here? They're not getting here now. Boys. I'm going to publicly whip you on this giant YouTube channel. <laughs> They're coming late. We're doing an interview. Get out of here. Sure, by what uh, sparing the rod means. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So we live on a farm. My office is outside of the house, but then sometimes I'm out wandering. I don't want to be cliche here, but look at these. these boys. They're just sitting here. There's, look what they left. There's, look at that. Look at that. Yeah. All that's from it. That's an airsoft gun, swords, yeah. a blanket. I can't let them in here. The half-eaten apple that I had to pay for. Yeah. Give me some justice. Speaking of justice. Um, so anyway, to the magazine, um, honestly, fraternity is an involved apostolate. A lot of people, hey, I'm happy if you get on board with our philosophy, but it takes a lot of work to get one started. It's not like you just pay your money and we send you some books. and It, it is a lot of work because we don't want – we kind of made the choice of going quality over of quantity. Um, and a lot of people get, I mean, most people call us, they, they've got a kid that's in trouble and they want a quick fix and say, I'm sorry, you can't, I don't have the three easy steps ebook for you. Um, but, but what we did do is, you know, we, the, if you think about fraternity, so you poke holes in it, um, the, we've entrusted the solution to the problem. Meaning if we're saying boys are not becoming men because men are poorly formed, then <laughs> then you're going to, so now you're entrusting all the boys to the men. It's kind of a conflict, right? Uh -huh. Obviously we're recognizing, you know, you have to recognize where a deficit, where we have a need. So a lot, most of what we do as an organization is to see about the formation of these men. And a lot of men, they, they're good, solid, you know, just uh, red blooded American men that want to do what's right. And they recognize I need some formation. So uh, one of the things we have that I'm excited about that anyone you know, you don't have to be a part of fraternities. It's just we have a magazine, Sword and Spade magazine here. Uh, it's quarterly. Uh, and the idea behind it is the the church, had, and this, this is where I kind of see um, a lot of my unique experience I'm, I'm glad to have because I have two people in mind. I love the rich intellectual tradition of the church, mm -hmm. of, the, of the Western civilization. It's magnificent. It's coherent. It's life-changing. I mean, the teaching on the virtues and all that is, is uh, it's amazing. And the, um, the artistic heritage, cultural heritage of the church is amazing. And then you have um, the, the wisdom of, you know, let's just say the wisdom of the farmer, mm -hmm. the wisdom of men that work um, with the world itself and the material world and relationships and just the stuff of real life experience has a lot of wisdom to it too. And those two worlds are completely separated. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Peter Marin used to say, every working man a scholar and every scholar a working man. That 
to be truly formed, you've got to know how to work as a man. I'm sorry. You've got to know how to work. And that that's more than just these screens, right? We need, um, you know, we need labor. work. We need labor. Yeah. Because there's something about there. And, and this is, this is in the book and the program stuff. And this is why we also have an apostle at St. Joseph's farm, our farm. We have retreats here with college students and father, father, son groups and stuff. Um, which is by uploading our entire existence. That's how we lost our right of passage in the West. Our rights of passage will work. So we lost that because our work is now totally uploaded. I mean, uh, you and I, we have to recognize that we're both on screens right now talking. And I just had to send my sons away from my work, right? Yeah. They were just in here. If I was farming, you know, son, hold this. Right. Totally different. Which is why we live. Um, but Sword and Spade is trying to kind of unite those two worlds, the average working man um, and and the, the, the rich intellectual tradition of the church, mostly making the rich intellectual tradition available to the working man. But we also get a lot of priests and, and, and you know, college professors um, that really appreciate the perspective of, that we're trying to strike of the wisdom that these men have as fathers so that we're not just having experts preach down to fathers, you know, telling them what they should do without any experience or knowledge of what it actually takes to run a household. Um, so the swordsbay.com, you can subscribe. So we have a quarterly magazine and we also kind of a byproduct of one of the, it's like, well, why not just publish it online? Why I go through all the work of a paper and it's because overwhelmingly the, the, the biggest problem men have not being formed intellectually or having vices is our screens, mm-hmm. our devices. Mm-hmm. Um, that in order, I, I'm, you know, the message is the medium and you need the medium of the written word to, to really understand the heritage of the church. We can't, I'm sorry, at this point, you know, Western civilization was essentially saved after the Rome, at the fall of Rome because monks kept books around, right? So you need to read good stuff. You need to have the habit. I don't care if you're not a good reader or you're not a habit of reading. You need to read everyone. Every day you need to be reading. So one is to have a magazine so that these things are off the screen because even reading it in a magazine, go ahead, tell me, how many articles did you read last week? And give me a quick summary of all of them. Mm-hmm. You, you can't do it. But when you read something on a page, it does stick a lot better. Yeah. So we have the magazine, but we also have along with it, if you're like the, the brother level subscriber, we send books out mm-hmm. three times a year and book studies and such. Um, so the one we're sending out this shop class is Soulcraft. So we're not just sending out Catholic catechism and lives of the saints. Um, you know, this is a non-Catholic author, but super well written. His point is about, you know, the dignity of manual labor. We're sending this out during Corona craziness because you know, a lot of people are stuck at home. And if we were, you know, this guy's a motorcycle mechanic and a philosopher, you know, if you're stuck at home, I mean, for us, you know, we've got a farm. We're not stuck. Um, we're scared of germs and, now. Yeah. I, I, so if we were able to do things, so I, I, as I've been saying, it's not that during the Corona crazy, we've been, we don't have anything to do. It's that we don't know how to do anything. Right. Right. right? I mean, if we, Plenty to if do, we right? had some we don't know how to do anything. Yeah. So anyway, that, that's why we're sending that book out. But that apostolate, it's it's, uh, it's kind of separate from Fraternus, but it started just internally for our own men that we we have a lack of formation. I mean, we have a generational problem of coming up on two generations of some of the worst form Catholics of all time. Um, not just a lack of formation, but but a, a deformation. So like we need to read the that. books instead of reading from the screen because... You can read from a screen, but 
one, I mean, yeah, it'd be easier if I just had all these books on a screen and I wouldn't have to put boxes in it and haul it off, but you can still smell the pages, kind of like smelling an old yeah. baseball glove. Or... Hold on one second, hold on one second. Yeah. So... Hold on, stand by, Steve. We're standing by. This is live, people, hold on. <laughs> Uh, He's gathering books here, right now. Here it is. Here it is. What? I was just telling everyone <laughs> what they was doing. Don't edit that out. No, Don't no, edit no. that. I just told people he's grabbing books. <laughs> um, so I was reading two books at the same time that are fascinating. One is this one, The Love of Learning and the Desire for God. Uh -huh. and it's basically the a study of monastic culture. Okay. And it was fascinating how much the hat, like, for example, you know, we think about um everyone before us is being illiterate idiots mm -hmm. but how much how much the monastic culture shaped after the fall of rome medieval europe the high middle ages how much you know especially benedictine life and monastic life shaped and it's basically you can't be illiterate and be a monk everyone's got to learn now there i'm sure there's cases where they're illiterate but to pray the office to pray the mass to meditate to lexio divina mm -hmm. and that how much that shaped our the western tradition the written word um, cannot be under, underestimated. So he basically says monastic life is literary life, right? It's it's reading. It makes sense. I mean, people are like, oh, you know, there's lots of ways to communicate, but it's the word that's, you know, that cuts like a two-edged sword. Yeah. Um, and I know theologically we're speaking about scripture and Christ and all that, but <laughs> it makes sense. Anyway. But at the same time, I was reading this one, The Shallows. Yes. Nicholas yes. uh, Carr, what we're doing to our brand. I was reading these at the same time. And he's talking, in this book, was saying this habit was not natural. They had to develop within themselves and culturally this habit of reading. And that really wildly shaped uh, Christian culture. And this book goes through how our actually our natural, more primitive state is on like looking for predators, looking for food. It's like scattered. Mm -hmm. And that civilization was able to rise because we learned how to focus on thought, right? And how the internet causes us to revert back to scattering scrolling well that link looks interesting and now i'm gonna you know and like all over the place so that it's not just that there's information that we can either read on a screen or a book like oh it's aesthetically pleasing to read a book and i look smart doing it it's that it literally does something different to your mind uh -huh. you know what i mean oh, I mean, yeah. yeah i think your, your, your brain your brain physically changes yeah. to be able to process the data of a screen Whereas if you read, just, just give yourself a chance, 30 minutes every night before checking in on how many people died of coronavirus or why the Pope did something crazy or dumb and you don't like it, just 30 minutes of reading a book, yeah, I, it'll change your life. So anyway, that's a big part of Sword and Spade. The, uh, the title is comes from, uh, you know, yes, we need the sword for defense and defending the faith i get it but that rah-rah man sword stuff gets kind of old um but you know deus agricola s my i'm sorry deus meus agricola s my my father is a farmer uh -huh. jesus said uh -huh. we also it, it's often translated as the vine dresser but it's, no it's a farmer agricola s um and the spade is the work of the farmer that we can't just be defending and get mad all the time we got to get to the work of building the place where we are right because we've lost culture, we gotta re we've got to build it. Got to have something yeah. to defend. 
And that's organic. If it rebuilding the thing, you can't build culture. That's yeah. like building a tree. Right? You can't build a tree. You've got to nurture and grow. That's why the farmer is the better analogy than the builder. Yeah, go, go build a tree. Go ahead. Go build one in your backyard. And that's just like building all these websites, rebuilding Catholic culture with a website. <laughs> is that a joke? Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm rambling now, Steve. No, you're good. You're good. No, that was good. Uh, um, so how can anybody get that at your parish, get that at their parish, get fraternus? Um, fraternus, you can just go to fraternus.com and, and start the process. The ingredients that make fraternus work is, do you have a leader, like a man, and do you have a group of men? My own parish doesn't have fraternus. And I think because there's not a group of men that are willing to say, we're going to do this together. There's just some disagreement. So we'll probably be going to Prince of Peace when my sons are old enough. Um, but you need a you need a body of men that'll say, yeah, we're going to do this. Um, you're going to need a priest that's that's supportive, and you're going to um, and you need a place to meet. Now that sounds simple, but this it's hard to. Um, it's that simple. You'd have that at your parish. With you. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be everywhere. I mean, a lot of people say, why isn't it fraternity everywhere? Um, everyone agrees with the mission. No one disagrees with the apostolate. Mm-hmm. But you either have. So the second, to let, you know, first problem is unwilling men. Um, and it's that uh, Cardinal Seurat, he's the one that's railing on us Westerners for this. We've we've taken up modernism's individuality. We refuse to depend on one another to actually say that we're brothers and we need each other. And I need help with my kids. And you need, we, we're, we're unwilling to say that. And even the tradies, um, and that, that's how that's where they're modernists still. They're radical individualists. They're they, but you know, you're cut off from the body. You're dead. That's called hell. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and then the but the, the second biggest roadblock is is really the priests. I mean, everything from and we there is a girls program that's like the equivalent called Fidelis. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of priests don't like the idea of men getting in a room with their sons and teaching them. They think that it's an ideological thing. I mean, they're so honestly, it's better for us not to be in that parish anyway. Uh, for the tradies out there, I will say the content follows along the Novus Ordo calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, I've been exclusively going to the Latin Mass for over a decade before it was cool and on the internet with Sense and Fidel. Um, but uh, I'll get you just a kids with that. <laughs> before it was cool. Um, I'm so ancient, 10 years. Um, but um, I will say I, what I like about fraternities is in a lot of communities, St. Anne's, Prince of Peace, mm-hmm. Birmingham, that it's really the only place where uh, the men of the, of the two churches, the Novus Ordo and the, and the Latin Mass, they actually come together and they're, they're, they're able to say, I want to learn virtues and I want my sons to be Catholic. You know, and uh, it's a good place for that. But uh, that'll probably generate some comments below. Yeah. Yeah, some, there'll always be somebody to hate it on. Hate the. Come at me, bro. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll include his email address underneath if anybody wants to say hate, hate mail. Send it to Jason <laughs> Craig at. Yeah, so, yeah, hate mail. Uh, I'll put all the links underneath, and if anybody wants to contact about subscriptions, how to get out the parish, uh, invite Jason yeah. over to talk to the parish so, about this, whatever. If you want to do fraternus, big commitment, right? You're gonna, it's gonna, you're in it for a long haul. It's a big apostolate. It's kind of a lifetime. Com- if you want to get the principles of it, you can do leavingboyhoodbehind.com. That's just like a study, one and done, go through it. And then, because I tell you, you don't have to have fraternity. Fraternity is just, it's the philosophy that's got to be right. 
Yeah. Um, uh, the book, you can just get the book. And then, but if you want to stay connected and just have, you know, the, some of the good, you know, formation that gets put out, the, the magazine is there. And if you want to come on a farm retreat and uh, split some wood and cook a pig, which is all we do. Show uh, the coffee mug. Well, this, yeah, we, so we have actually, uh, we have once upon a cow micro dairy. We operate the smallest dairy in North Carolina, but it's a great A dairy. Um, and during these yeah. times when they're, you got all these big gigantic plants dumping milk out, help your local guy, Jason. Yeah. Who's crazy now yes. with all my cows out in the country, <laughs> but, uh, we do it. We have an, a St. Joseph's farm.com, um, is that's basically on farm retreats and, the main thing, I mean, it's funny. The main thing we do through the weekend is kill a pig and eat it, um, which sounds simple, but there's nothing, you know, if you're in a modern malaise and you got a teenage son, that's kind of, you know, there's nothing like putting a bullet in a pig's forehead to, uh, now we're not callous. I actually read a poem about thankfulness for the pig and yeah. we're not, farmers are not callous, but there is something about seeing something die that makes you realize the order of, of the universe. There was, there was a movie called a uh, leap year. It's about this Irish guy. This girl goes over and tries to. He wants. She wants to uh, uh, propose to her boyfriend. Anyway, she gets hooked up with this Irish guy, and uh, that's taking him to taking her to Dublin. And on the way, they stop at this farm, and she's hungry. So he was going to make some uh, a chicken salad. And he goes in the back and grabs a chicken, and snaps his neck, and she goes, "Ooh!" He goes, "Where do you think chickens come from?" <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, we did this, the, the leaving boyhood behind.com was a, that show was filmed and produced by EWTN. Uh -huh. um, one of their good producers down there. Anyway, um, he, and they filmed the whole killing of this pig. That's kind of like in the background of the show the whole time. And so they had to do it delicately because they, they want to show what we're doing without like, you know, guts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they said they got all kinds of hate mail about, and I don't know if this is a joke, if this is true, but someone said that a lady was like, why'd you have to kill a pig? You could have gone to the store to get some pork. <laughs> like, you know, you know, but anyway, so yeah, on the retreats, we, we kill pigs and then we basically smoke it all day and we cut the wood. Mm -hmm. Fathers and sons cut the wood, split the wood and keep the wood cooking so that the pig, you know, doesn't go bad. And uh, we have a big old feast and yeah, that's fun Beautiful. stuff too. Well, Jason, I gotta run, but hey, man, appreciate you coming on and uh, uh, send me the send me the links that have the the correct links. So I'll put them underneath for everybody to click on to go to the website and uh, magazine, okay. book, etc. Send your hate mail to Steve. <laughs> I can forward it. <laughs> talk, talk to you later, buddy. I can block you. All right, bye, Steve. <laughs>